It was actually way cooler than I expected it to be. Wow, this is very intuitive. That was cool. Oh, I did it! <laughs> Unbelievable. That was really fun, and that was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Yeah. Welcome to Upward with Transfer, where we tackle our evolving workforce and how educators, governments, and industries are changing to keep up. We're dedicated to building effective pathways for workers and job seekers to get the skills they need to get into well-paying careers in high-growth industries. Our part in that is designing and distributing hands-on simulations that learners can use to explore new career options and develop core skills before entering an in-person vocational training program. Transfer simulations augment human educators, broadening their range of possibilities without expensive facilities build-outs or specialized equipment. I'm Jack Sislak, Editorial Director at Transfer, and your host for this episode. For our conversation today, we're joined by Jeff Hodson, Instructional Design Manager here at Transfer, as well as Karen Johnson, Associate Professor and Program Coordinator for Aviation Technologies at SIU Carbondale. Let's jump in. A lack of trained aircraft maintenance workers spells trouble for airlines, airports, the shipping industry, and countless other fields. But using hands-on simulations like Transfer to help build out a pipeline of candidates from all walks of life who are ready to swell the ranks of the aviation maintenance workforce could be a solution. Transfer and SIU have committed to helping train people for these rewarding roles. And today we are on with Transfer's own Jeff Hodson, as well as Karen Johnson. So I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves uh, alphabetically, Jeff, why don't you go first and tell us a little bit about who you are, where you work, and what you do, and then we'll jump into some questions and we'll just have a, a great chat. So go ahead, Jeff, take it away. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, I am an instructional design manager here at Transfer, and so I lead a team of designers in creating and designing the learning experiences that go into the simulations we have. Awesome. And over to you, Karen. Thanks, Jack. I'm Karen Johnson. I'm associate professor at Southern Illinois University in the Aviation Maintenance Technologies Program, um, where we teach AMP technicians. I'm also the vice president of the Aviation Technicians Education Council. Um, we're an advocacy group for all of the AMP schools across the country. Cool. Yeah, it's great to have both of you on here, and we have a lot to get through, so let's jump right into these questions. Starting with you, Jeff, I know that extensive research goes into planning of every new set of modules we do here at Transfer. Can you tell us a bit about why we decided to go with aviation maintenance right now? Yeah, so at Transfer, we love skilled trades. Aviation maintenance is one of those that's near and dear to our hearts, and so VR is actually really great for training in the skilled trades. And to make it even better for aviation, aviation is an area that has well-paying jobs, that has a lot of growth opportunity, and there's a skills gap. So it's, it's just a natural fit. Awesome. Yeah, it's great working with people here and talking about how we build all these sims. And especially we've had some other conversations with people around aviation where it's not easy to get all the equipment and the planes and stuff that you need. So yeah, VR being a really great fit. And let's go over to you, Karen, and talk about how you got started as an SME here at Transfer and tell the audience at home a bit about your journey to becoming an aviation maintenance expert. Yeah, so I met Transfer through ATEC. And from there, Transfer had reached out to me about doing these sims with them in my role as an aviation maintenance instructor with Southern Illinois University. So that's how I, I met up with them. And um, since before then, I have been working in aviation maintenance since 1999. Don't think too hard on how many years ago that was. <laughs> but so since 1999, I've been working in aviation maintenance. I started out turning wrenches just like every other tech out there. I transitioned into academia in the 2000s, and I've been teaching the trade ever since. Cool. And what did you know about VR before you got connected with us here at Transfer? 
Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I knew my, my children played virtual reality games and other stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, personally, I, you know, I knew that it was used in training and industry. Some of the, the bigger industry members were starting to use it. Mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. what it was, right? But I had no experience with it whatsoever. It's great to hear from people. And you were just saying, you know, you started off turning wrenches. I love that turn of phrase. But yeah, going from these very hands-on skill sets to, hey, what's the VR connect? And how can we use this technology that some people might be a little skeptical of to do a a really great job in the classroom and, and augment the programs that you're already doing. Let's talk about that. I would love to hear the story of how sort of all the teams involved here backed into teaching the specific skills that were included in these sims and just tell us sort of how you picked the skills and then how you broke those down to cover. I'm sure there were some very minute details of all these little uh, things you have to do exactly right every time or else the bad things will happen in the sky. <laughs> yeah, so um, all the curriculum that we teach in the airframe and power plant technicians program, those standards are set by the FAA. So we have a very clear guide um, on what it is, what skills that we have to teach. So that's kind of, you know, that, that lets us know what we have to teach, right? And then as far as all the minute details, Jeff will back me up on this, (laughs) a whole lot of back and forth, right? A lot of conversations, emails about how to do certain things even as detailed as how far do I turn this wrench or how far do I turn this piece of equipment? So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. details that I myself as an SME, I don't think about because to me they're automatic, right? I don't think that I need to explain them. And then realizing that you're talking to a set of instructional designers that has never seen this equipment, (laughs) never done this work. There's a disconnect there at first, but it's easily overcome the more you get into it. Totally. Cool. Yeah, Jeff, what's the transfer side of that story, please? Yeah, usually the I think the phrase we would we usually go by is what would Karen say? So it's definitely what she was talking <laughs> about. It's like, okay, you know, it's a very close back and forth as she mentioned, and there's a whole lot of question asking. Like we put on a detective hat and we have to figure out if we get a, a simulation, we have to figure out exactly how that task works, how little parts on engines work, you know. So mm-hmm. Karen Karen is definitely a saint in entertaining all of our questions. She's mm-hmm. basically like one on one training us a lot of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. so that so I feel like I should probably just go out and get a an A and P certification after all this <laughs> is done, but uh, it's it's definitely a lot of fun, definitely a lot of problem solving mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, uncovering any ambiguities and just especially thinking about like what how do these skills translate to VR, which is really interesting too. Yeah, absolutely. And Karen, you were saying you already had a curriculum that's sort of dictated by the FAA, and so you just sort of would go in as much a sort of a one-to-one translation from what you had on the page to, hey, here's how we can teach some version of this in VR that's going to augment them, that's going to get the student as far along this learning pathway as possible, uh, and then you know they're going to get their hands on a, on a real plane at some point, or they're going to take some other kind of additional training. But yeah, that was your starting point, though. Yeah, we start at the standards. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, the real nitty gritty details, you know, like what engine or what plane we use or what exact Mm -hmm. uh, tasks that we put with that standard. Obviously, that's influenced, right, by my experience teaching Mm -hmm. what resources I have access to here, what maintenance manuals I have access to. But understanding that, you know, other users of these sims could have different aircraft or different, you know, different resources. So trying to make it as general as possible so Mm -hmm. that it could be applicable. applicable. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right on. And so let's just touch briefly on this before we talk a little bit more about other parts of the VR Sims. How does this program align with both what you were already doing at SIU and then also with part 147? Well, so 
we already teach 147 at SIU. So of course, you know, that's already in alignment. Now the actual use of VR, that's a new piece of the puzzle, right? So what we've been doing here at SIU is trying to use it as a stepping stone. So we're not replacing labs with it. We're using it as Uh a go between, between lecture and lab. After you walk out of lecture and you've heard all the, you know, the dialogue about the task, but before you're actually in the hangar and putting your hands on tools and planes, that's where you're in the VR sims is practicing these tasks there. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. And this actually leads right into my next question, which was going to be, you know, it seems to me that aviation maintenance is is a somewhat high risk skill set to develop and that VR offers some unique benefits in that regard. Uh, What would you say, you know, either of you, uh, Jeff and Karen, like the, the benefits there when it comes to safety, especially? Yeah, I can start if you like, Karen. So uh, virtual reality, you know, is a really great fit for this. Like I'm not a pilot, but I can imagine it's not a fun feeling when you're flying in the air to have something go wrong with your airplane. So there is definitely a high risk, you know, lives are at stake in in some cases if if something goes wrong. And so virtual reality is, is really great because the way we all learn is that we make mistakes and then we learn from them. We're, we're, no one's perfect. And so virtual reality allows us to get those mistakes out in a safe space, a place that has low stakes. It still allows learners or the trainees to actually see some of the consequences of what might happen if they do something wrong, but without actually having the, the real danger or the sometimes expensive costs that come along with uh, training you know, trainees. That's, that's definitely something you know, from a company perspective that it can save a lot of time and money in that way. Also, one of the things that's really cool about VR, virtual reality, is I, I came from a manufacturing background where I was helping train people, and we used to set up big skills labs, like these big physical spaces where people go and get their mistakes out before they got out on the manufacturing mm-hmm, floor. Mm-hmm. And so virtual reality allows you to basically set up a virtual skills lab, a place where you don't have to use all the, the materials, all the space, um, and right. saves a lot of time and cost in, in setting that up. It's also more flexible because... It's, it can be difficult to reconfigure those physical spaces, but in virtual reality, oh, yeah. you, know, you can change it around pretty quick. So really, really great on the business side, but also for the trainee, it allows them to be very hands-on and active and actually trying things out. And, and as I said, get those mistakes out in a safe space. Awesome. Yeah. And Karen, how about your side of things? Yeah, I would um, echo, of course, everything that Jeff said and then add to it. Um, the safety aspect is huge, right? So you can go in there and and mess up and not have to worry about hurting anything or anybody else. Cost is a huge thing with training programs like ours. Aviation parts, aviation components, aviation tools, Mm -hmm. they are astronomical in price, way more than you would ever think. So the idea that you can use these kinds of tools and components in a virtual setting and, and, you know, not have to constantly replenish them and spend dollars on them is a huge bonus. So that definitely, and logistically speaking, like Jeff said, planning wise, you know, it's, that's an easier thing to plan than to have an actual physical space and have to set up actual time. And then the other thing I would add to this is um, for students who don't have experience, especially if they don't have any mechanical experience, doing these tasks for the first time in a virtual setting where they're in there alone, you know, aside from Simon, the coach, that's a real confidence booster for them where they don't have prying eyes of their classmates who may be, you know, much more mechanically inclined and experienced than they are. You know, that gives them this little kind of space that they can do this stuff on their own and they and they can just know that you know they're the only ones who are going to see it and if they mess up they're the only ones who are going to know it and so there's a little bit of a confidence booster there totally this is changing the actual conditions that people can learn in and have a better experience coming out of it that's awesome 
Let's talk about, speaking of experiences, let's talk about any unique challenges that the team encountered when building these Sims. I always love to hear like sort of fun little problem-solving stories from building the Sims, if, if there are any that spring to mind. I feel like Jeff would probably have more of a take on this than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's honestly, that's one of the reasons why I love this, uh, this job so much is that it is a lot of active problem-solving, um, problems you would never mm -hmm. even think to you know, think about like uh -huh. we're, we're, some of the more recent sims that we have been working on are all related to to aviation engines, and so with the engines, there's a lot of small parts in there that you have to account for and, and figure out how they work, and and often it's like you think it works one way, and then go and talk to Karen, and of course it's you know completely different. So um, just figuring out and keeping track of all the parts on an engine, what they do. All of that can be really difficult, and uh, it takes a lot of brain power to do that. So, uh, we definitely work as a team to be able to tackle some of those things. The other thing too is that we have more than one type of aircraft. We've got a helicopter, we've got an airplane, and so dealing with the differences between those, keeping those straight between the different simulations, it's definitely a challenge, but it's a fun challenge for sure. And then when it comes to like virtual reality, we are replicating the real world. So, mm -hmm. one of the things that you might not think about is like do we have the size of these parts correct? Do they they mesh together correctly? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is everything authentic in that way? And so um, it's just really fun, interesting challenges as far as, as all of that. I was going to ask, you you all didn't like build an engine from scratch in VR. Not so much, but I feel almost like we could at this point. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of it, like inspections, taking things apart, mm -hmm. putting it back together. Um, we don't have it necessarily, you know, putting it all together from scratch. Right. But there's, there's all of the components there, it feels like. Yeah, I imagine like kind of like as an asset, it's like, look, if you put part B and part C together in this way, it'll work now. That's what you need as an experience. That's what you need. But yeah, I'm sure you've had to take apart and, you know, drill down into all these little pieces. That sounds amazing. I'm so excited to, to, to hear about this part of the story. That's so cool. I definitely know more names of engine parts than I ever thought I would. <laughs> awesome. And uh, the, the, so the next question was going to be, were there any big surprises when working on this project? Uh, other than now, now knowing, uh, you know, more, more names of engine parts than family members. I don't know. I mean, on my end, as far as surprises go, I, I think it's kind of cool that, that I've got to work with all of the um, designers from transfer and I've seen them start picking up on things that they would have asked <laughs> me at the beginning that they don't ask me now, but on uh -huh. this, on that same theme, but on my side, when I think about our conversations at the very beginning of this till now, like I can preemptively think, well, they're going to ask me this, or I'm going to need to explain this, or I'm going to need to adjust this to account for the parts being too small and the hands being too close together for the <laughs> controls to work, you know? So there's that, you know, that kind of learning curve that we've both learned about each other's yeah, side that's, of the project. That's so funny. Like they're yeah. thinking more like aviation maintenance technicians and you're thinking more like a instructional designer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, and Jeff, what did you, what were your thoughts? Yeah, definitely echo what Karen said. Also just from the design side as well, um, coming into this, you know, we had another team who designed some of the um, things beforehand. And one of those things that was surprising is some of the Easter eggs we've actually included mm. in the, the simulation. So I won't Ooh. ruin any surprises, but there's definitely some fun little Easter eggs that okay. I think trainees will get a kick out of. Because okay. um, I definitely when I saw it for the first time in, in the headset, I just I kind of laughed honestly for a few of them and, and it took me by surprise. But it also helped helped me stay engaged and yeah. And so it actually works out really well that way. Um, there's, there is a simulation that I will say um, we actually have the airplane 
flying and, and mm-hmm. kind of see how it simulates with the air weight. And so that was a, a really cool surprise and something really fun to see inside the headset. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome to hear somebody who does this for a living and is in these sims all the time and is like, but then we did this thing, which was really cool and unexpected. <laughs> I was like, yes, uh, keep keep yourself engaged. Keep having a good time at work if you can. And so this is probably more for Karen, but how do you feel about the future of the aviation industry? Yeah, I mean, as an industry, aviation maintenance is 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 going up. It's it's not getting any smaller. You know, in 30 years in the future, it's going to be the same way. I, You know, there's some changes that are going to be coming down the pipeline over the next few decades, like unmanned aerial systems, you know, unmanned flight. Those types of things will see changes in the in the maintenance side for sure. But the AMT position, the job, the work, the tasks, those will still be there. You know, I have kids coming in um, to the program. I see high school kids every year who are trying to decide what they want to do. And I, I have nothing bad to say to them. You know, they go into it. They're almost guaranteed a job when they're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a job with upward mobility and excellent pay. And you can see the world. Aviation is global. Yeah. Totally. Well, and so let's talk about those those students of yours who are going into programs right now. What do you think are sort of, what are one or two of their biggest challenges, one or two of the biggest benefits that they're encountering, and then how does one just succeed in aviation maintenance? So challenges, I think, is the challenge of the unknown. Our industry is an industry that most people don't know about. Um, they know about airplanes, right? But when you say airplanes, I bet you think of a pilot, not a mechanic. Yeah, good point. So the unknown there is... I didn't even know this job existed. <laughs> so getting them over that hump, um, that's definitely one of them. One of the benefits, though, kind of ties into this. Once they're here, they realize that it's really not that difficult. It's something that they can do. It's an obtainable goal, and it's got a really good outlook, a really good future attached to it. So that, to me, that's kind of a surprise benefit that they get once they're here. Along with that is the aviation community. We all, Everybody in aviation always talks about how small of a world aviation is. It seems like once you're in aviation, you're like, you know, only three people removed from knowing somebody, you know, so it's, it's really a, an awesome community to be involved with. And like I said earlier, it's a global community because aviation is a global industry. To succeed, I think you have to keep that mindset exactly, that you can go anywhere. So mm-hmm. you have to, you just got to keep your mind open to the changes that are coming sure. to the, the possibilities, the different opportunities. And maybe that means a different sector of aviation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but being willing to open and receive those new opportunities and then take advantage of them when they come. Awesome. Yeah. You know, that growth mindset that, you know, looking, growth looking upon these things as, as opportunities, not uh, obstacles or, yes. oh no, the sky is falling, et cetera. No, you're, you're, yeah. you're turning it to your advantage. So let's end on a, on a real, on a high note. We'll keep these aviation puns going. Uh, tune in next time, everybody. Final question here, Karen, let's just end on a really positive note. And just what's your advice for students considering a future in aviation maintenance? Go and visit a school that offers the program and you will be floored by what you see there and you will be welcomed by everyone there and you'll feel like you're a family even before you start. Wow. It's the nature of our programs and it's the nature of our school. So if you're thinking about it, go and visit a school. Very cool. Yes. Well, uh, I, that's the nature of us here at Transfer. I hope everybody out there in uh, audience land has, has felt like a little bit of our Transfer family here for the last little bit while we chatted about all this stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Karen and Jeff, for being here. We really appreciated it. I had a great time chatting with you both. And thanks all of you for joining us. And tune in next time on Upward with Transfer. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.